to the answer. There's a bar in King's Cross that we used to go to all the time, which is a bit of a lie because I'm pretty sure I've only been there a handful of times. Um, and I think John says he's been there heaps. Uh, but I remember it distinctly and it kind of uh, was a nice sort of microcosm of that whole place. You know, Candy's Apartment, World Bar, um, where... At the time we were in our early 20s, we would just get super shit-faced and just off our faces, spend like two, three hundred bucks a night. And it would be like, yeah, fun times, but we'd also be like super lonely and depressed at points. Um, and iguana was next door, and that's a cool word. It meant we could make everything green. There was like a like an aesthetic that came along with it. Um, and it was vague enough to not be like concept album vibe, which it kind of, I guess, turned into a little bit. Not to mention looking back at that time in your life when going to a guana bar and getting wrecked was just the norm. Now, if we were looking for a trashy gimmick for a podcast, we could go back to a guana bar and see what it's become. But there's probably a different way to approach this whole thing. I sent you, did you get that sexy iguana photo I sent you? I did, thank yeah. you. Was it? Um... There's a surprising amount of, of like sex, like sensual iguana photos. Well, you know, the reptile is a very sexual, you know, <laughs> kingdom. <laughs> True. Yeah. Is that a kingdom? <laughs> yeah. The iguana kingdom? No. The lizard is the whole oh, thing. Oh, the isn't reptile it? kingdom. The it's reptile a very sexual kingdom. Phylum? Fuck, I don't know. I thought that's the was an animal kingdom. Like, kingdom seems like the big one. Oh, okay, animal, um... Is it the animal kingdom or are there animal kingdoms? Uh, that's the... I guess we're going to the right place to find Fuck out. No, I didn't think we'd actually have questions for <laughs> Dumbass questions. <laughs> anyway, so the uh, reptile kingdom is the sexiest kingdom. Because of snakes? Scales. <laughs> the scales. They're like... They're leathery. What's sexier than leather? Uh, no, it's not leather. It's like snake skin. Is, it's its own thing. Leather is skin of a cow. Yeah, true. It's not like what's, leather. It's what's like sexier than snake skin? Leather? Maybe. Yeah, touche. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about animals. I'm surprised. I thought you liked animals. I love animals, but I don't really know anything. Yeah. And then driving to, driving to the zoo, eh? <laughs> context. It's real, real helpful. <laughs> Going to the zoo, huh? Going down to the country. Going down the way. Yeah, we got some uh, backstage access. Tonga Zoo, Sydney, Australia. Driving into the car park. What? Yep, a field visit. Because we are professionals. We're pioneers. We have the gear. We've even brought a photographer with us. His name's Tommy. Now we're a team, walking in slow motion to today's special subject, which we'll conquer. Thank you so much. Fantastic. We're confident. Can you guys have a podcast? We're trying. We're trying. We are the specialised few with the right experience. We've just launched our own podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. Hmm. Yeah, I guess the zoo is like, you have plenty of uh, content to talk about. From the top. Oh, nice. Good. So you just get, like, every episode is, like, a different yeah, area? Yeah, because we've got um, a wildlife hospital on site. Oh. So we've, we've got vets and, obviously, keepers. We've got scientists. Yeah, awesome. Mm. I've been here for ages. Yeah, I used to be a zoo friend for, like, I, I guess, like, the first 
15, 15 years, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I used to sponsor the Red Panda. Yeah. Okay, look, maybe this is just a gimmick, but getting special access to Taronga feels damn cool. And you can hear us get giddy and excited, especially as we're about to see an animal that isn't on display to the public. So you, um, we're hoping, obviously, to chat to Emma, is our keeper, um, just to chat to her about iguanas. Yeah. You having to see some iguanas? Yeah, could we? Yeah, probably. I'm sure that's fine. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi. Guys, this is Emma. Hi, Emma. Hi, I'm Tommy. Sorry? I'm Tommy. Tommy. John. John. Tom. Tom. Yep, Novak. Novak. Nice to meet you. I'll do my best, guys. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, let's head on in, I guess. Thank okay. you. After you. Polish Club have just released their second album, Iguana, and they seem really down about the whole thing. But I think we can fix it. My name's Tom, and this is Polish Club's Sophomore Slump. This podcast started when Polish Club were about to release their second album, but after they'd finished recording it. And I was wondering if that specific time is for everyone full of anxiety, or if it was more specific than that. So I looked who else in the Australian scene was in the same boat. Luckily, she's hard to miss. Montaigne's sophomore album, Complex, came out on August 30. So we caught up with Jess Scully a few days before it came out to see if she was just as stressed as Polish Club were. She walked into the studio with her foot in a moon boot, so things were looking good. But there was also a big smile on her face, and she was ready to laugh. So, J.H. and Novak, when you were in the exact same spot as Jess, you guys were a mess. Yeah, really yes. miserable. So you're really making us look bad already by not being <laughs> oh, yeah, a disaster. Yeah, she's smiling. You have broken bones. I have, well, yeah. no, not broken, oh, sprained. Oh. Okay, sprained. Sprain, not even bones, sprained, just ligaments. Uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that, was I that don't... related to um, making a second album by any chance? <laughs> 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 no, I, I fell off a rock climbing wall. And landed on me old ankle. Like a, one of those indoor ones. You know bouldering? The one without ropes? The climbing oh, without right. ropes. I fell off from about four metres high. But an indoor one, not like... Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I am not hardcore enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, so have we been doing like intros to this? Was that the intro? We, like we, we don't... We're not like, hey, welcome to Sophomore Slump. Do you want like a... Today, John and I are joined by one Montaigne. But no, this is how we've been doing our intros. You've been being, you've been like, how do we do an intro? And then today, today, ha uh, Anyway, so why, what are you doing bouldering? <laughs> I live across the road from Sydney's biggest climbing gym. And I started going like two months ago and really enjoyed it. And yeah, and then and just went one time and just the fatal, the fatal Did uh, you make accident. a giant scene when it happened? No, I'm actually, uh, I'm very good at minimizing my own pain. Ah. <laughs> so, um, and I have a very high pain tolerance. So it hurt like a mother fricker, but like. You uh, can swear, it's fine. Good, okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was, uh, I, I kept my cool. I just breathed real deeply and waited for someone to come and help me. And then when they were like, are you cool? I was like, no, nah, but it's fine. <laughs> And that's why also like with the album, like that's just my constant, mm. whenever I'm going through anything, like through any challenge, I'm able to, I get, I get frustrated and angry like everyone else, but like the way that it is dealt with is like with journaling and 
songwriting. Right. So it's like this cyclical thing where it's like in order to like I need to make the album so that I can be emotionally like soothed and like I need to be emotionally soothed so that I can make the album and they feed into each other kind of thing. What happens when the album you're making is the root of strife and struggle? Oh, Does it um, become less of a cathartic kind of like thing? inception thing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's assuming you had any strife and struggle for your second album. I suppose we should start there. I did a little at the beginning. I, um, I had a plan for it and mm. I didn't know how I was going to realize the plan not having had the resources that I guess I needed for it. Like I had a very um, set down vision of like wanting to work with one single person for a long period of time and just being able to experiment my way through like songwriting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the money for that process. Like that process yeah. is what happened in like the seventies and eighties when there was money and labels were throwing that money at yeah. like artists and stuff like that, but it just doesn't exist for indie artists anymore, small artists, you know? So um, I definitely had that feeling of like <laughs> my dreams cannot be fulfilled. And also um, there was a moment at the beginning where I also just didn't, no, like uh, where I stood with my expectations for myself and then also how much stock I put in the public's opinion. Mm. Like I just wasn't, I didn't want to care about what other people thought, but knew I kind of did. And then would go through this like self-flagellating process of like, you shouldn't think that. And then just that kind of spiral in anxiety and whatever at the beginning. And then as it sort of started to get made and then, you know, like a lot of personal stuff sort of intersected with all my album stuff as well. And that was hard as that all sort of get started to get sorted out simultaneously towards the end. I was just like, oh, this is actually coming together. It's real good. <laughs> um, and now where I'm at is like, oh, I'm really happy. And it was good. And um that's that's the thing that used to freak me out when I was putting out music or whatever is like someone out there is going to be like, you have no idea what you're doing and like how could mm. you make something so, you know, delusional or whatever. But or now I'm like, there's always going to be like 50% of the world that's going to be against you and probably more than that because yeah. there are just so many people with so many different like variables. Strong, strong opinions. Yeah, but, also, sure, yeah. but not just like, it's not like... <sighs> Opinions for sure, but also just like what informs those opinions, you know, like everyone's got a different history and the histories are complex and that's just going to mean that not some people aren't going to like it. And I guess when you, and when you make like pop, try and make popular music, you aim for lots of people, you want lots of people to listen to you. And the more people that you get to listen to you, the more people that are going to not like it too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably, and that's a good thing when, when you, I remember when like we used to, when we, when I saw like the negative comments I kind of thought, oh, at least like we're on people's radar yeah. that wouldn't that it's, don't like it. You know, it's worth commenting on. It's got in hand yeah. This, value, this person be like it good or bad to yeah. whoever, yeah. but it it has a place in the world where it sits and you can pass judgment. Yeah, go into this yeah. ear hole of this person that doesn't want it, and that's yeah. that means it's getting past like just the obvious. Yeah, like obvious. Totally. Yeah. That's I mean, a good thing. Yeah, I mean, like Bowie had haters and yeah, like yeah. framework had haters. Like, yeah, yeah. He was people, like he deserved it, but yeah. like and people somehow hate John Mayer as well. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're gonna hate, if someone's gonna hate John Mayer then we're, no we've got no chance really yeah, do we? Yeah, exactly. No 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 he's like most likable hero man. <laughs> oh my god. So talented. When did you start writing for the second one? Uh 
technically, like, right after the first one came out in 2016, I, um, like, because I just write all the time. Yeah, like, it's right. not something I, I mean, it is now something I sort of, like, block out. Or not block out, but I will wake up one day and write onto my to-do list, like, yeah. try to write a song kind of thing. Whereas back then I was just, like, if I had feelings, I just wrote about them. <laughs> and I often had feelings um, and still do because I'm human. Um yeah, so it was sort of 2016, I guess. Is yeah, right. So you feel kind of like at ease. Of, you said you feel at ease with it now. Yeah. You, you feel like you're kind of happy with how it went and everything? Very much so, I think, yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. As you can tell, by the way, John is cradling that microphone stand. I don't know if we're at ease with it. Oh, well, I just I asked for a, a microphone stand last week and um, now I've got one. I don't know what to do with it. It's in your crotch <laughs> at the moment. It's a bold move. Yeah. I think our posture is too bad to have a microphone stand. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, where on a scale of one to ten, like your excitement levels, where would they be at right now? Because it's like pretty much crunch time, right? Like, this would yeah. technically be the most stressful moment, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Like, yeah. after the album's done, week before, what are people going to think? Is that like kind of playing on your mind at the moment? I don't or know. Is, it, is it the most stressful time? I don't know if it is. I mean, I like, the most stressful time after, like, everything's, like, tracked and done. This, yeah, the most stressful times when, like, yeah, you don't know what, you don't know what you're doing and if you don't know how it's going to turn out, I, I feel, feel like. After it's done, you're like, eh, all right. Yeah, yeah but I feel like there's, there's that um, release when you finish it and you're like, ah, great. And then you kind of, like, reset and you're uh, like, ah, shit, I have to, like, put this out into the world. And then when that ramps up, it, like, the stress comes back in a second wave. I mean, for at least for me, it did. Yeah. Um, now I'm really happy with my album, so I kind of like whatever people. What's that like? Whatever, <laughs> whatever people think about, I'm like, I'm I'm into it, so I'm satisfied. Like, I think mm. I definitely wind back two years ago. Jess of two years ago would have been like, "What will people think?" But I've done a lot of self work. <laughs> it's like it's taken a lot of stuff to like get to this point now where I can just be relaxed and be like oh you know what I'm actually like genuinely content with my output and I don't have to worry about it in regards to its reception anymore like what I worry about or what I get stressed about is like the work around it which is like yeah. promo a bajillion interviews totally. touring like because I love performing but I hate touring mm. um and all that stuff that's the bit that freaks yeah. me out a little bit yeah sometimes. Novak used to like have a go at people for saying they hate touring um but now that we've done heaps of it, like you've kind of like, <laughs> like kind no, of. No, but I think that's a really eloquent yeah, that was kind way, of way of putting it. it. Like the performance is like such an important, fundamentally, in, or should be, in my opinion, a fundamentally yeah. enjoyable part for most artists. But having been on like the longest tour we've ever done, I can appreciate now that it's like actually touing is just a total pain in the ass. It's hellish. And yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah. different to it's, performing. It's yeah. worth it because of performing. Yeah. Like, but everything around, like waiting at airports, waiting yeah. full yeah. stop, going, like staying in hotel rooms all the time, being separate from my friends and family most of the time, like that shit. I'm like, I'm an introvert and a homebody. And yeah. I like, mm. like knowing that I'm going to wake up in the morning and like make my own breakfast and like, go to my local cafe and journal mm. and then like maybe a friend will come around later and we'll cook dinner. Like I like that. And touring like all of that gets thrown out. And I think also like I have <clears throat> issues with like, especially in tour loneliness, which I think a lot of people do yeah, get. Totally. Um, mm. But, and that's kind of weirdly augmented by performing for so many people mm. rather than like actually 
palliated. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you find that because you're a singer and like you sing a lot more than other singers do, if you know what I mean, um, do you find yourself frustrated by having to kind of shield yourself away and protect your instrument and, you know, not yeah. go too hard and kind of preserve yourself on tour? Does that kind of play into it as well? It does because as much effort as I try to put into protecting the instrument, like still can't, mm. <laughs> you know, like there are some nights where you just get four hours of sleep because you have to do like a really early morning flight or something like that. Yeah. And you, like often I'll finish a show at like 11 or 12 and just won't be able to sleep until 3am because I'm just so amped totally. and I don't drink and I don't, maybe that would help, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I don't like, I don't drink. I don't like, uh, do I have any relaxing practice except for like journaling and maybe trying to read, but even then I can't focus on reading cause I'm just again, so amped. So mm. it's like, um, it's annoying and you need sleep. Like it's just vital to help your vocals heal. And then, but then I also have to avoid my crowds and fans and stuff. Cause if I just talk all night, that will be, yeah, I've strained my voice. And also I find again, the introversion thing, like I don't, I don't feel, I read a really good nylon article on this recently about the strange lack of boundaries fans have, especially for um, female musicians, yeah. especially because they feel they feel like, especially if your songwriting is quite mm. personal and revealing, like that they know you yeah. and they have this intimate connection with you. So when I go out to like drunk fans after a show and stuff like that, they have no regard for like personal money space. for space or just like a brief encounter and to just because often there are several people like wanting to say hi, um, and you're not any one of their therapists or like best friend or like I'm here to play music. I have done what you have paid for and then I'm now gonna go home and like fucking eat some food because I'm starving because yeah. like half the time I'm never fit in dinner before shows like ever because I mean sometimes I do but usually before shows like I don't want it because I move around a lot on stage too and I don't yeah. want to eat too close to yeah, things. Novak, so. Yeah Novak yeah. Well, we've just discovered that you, it's probably best not to but Novak still has pretty di dicey I situation. hungry. <laughs> Guys, I no, can't hunger. This is understandable, yeah. though. It's yeah. important. That's the other thing is about touring. Is just like your circadian rhythms get thrown out of the whack. Your food Forget sketch goes. It. No, every process that like the body knows to be regular just is deregularized, and it's just so bad for I think both brain and body. Yeah, you know? um, I think that's something we struggled with. We kind of not pride ourselves, but we've established this kind of persona online where we're very honest and like available to fans. Yeah. Like if someone slides into our DMS, it'll be us totally. replying and we'll have a conversation. Yeah. Um, it's no skin off our back and we enjoy doing that, but you're right. When you get to a show, yeah. you play for an hour, an hour and a half and you get off stage people because of what you've established that relationship, they expect you yeah. to come out and, yeah. you know, have a actual conversation for as long as that natural conversation would be if yeah, they were yeah. your friend. Yeah. I, I quite enjoy it, but yeah, I do I do I can get stuck in like a full hour combo. <laughs> I think I think that is fully yeah. valid if you're yeah. up for it. I'm pretty you know, I'm, like, pretty I'm up fully it. up for having dialogue with fans yeah. and being able to discuss with But I don't them have to or sing like, or anything, so it's not really yeah. an issue for me. Yeah. And also like maybe you're ex like extroverted like if you're happy to have a conversation mm. for an hour with a stranger like in yeah. a loud environment maybe you'll just chill with that with me i fucking hate bars yeah. and i hate venues and if i d if it wasn't my job i wouldn't be at them and i'm not yeah. at them like i don't go out at yeah. night when in my own personal time and so having to like be in an environment i hate with a stranger <laughs> i don't know after bearing my soul to people is like 
the most soul sucking awful experience I can possibly imagine, oh which is God. why I hate touring. <laughs> but then you love performing oh so much, and that just cancels. Yeah, it. no, no, exactly. Again, that makes it worth it. Yeah. And again, like my fans are really lovely people. Actually, like I have mm. really compassionate, sensitive fans and you know some of them do get a bit out of hand when they get drunk or whatever or like sometimes you're not even like sometimes in the night I want my own shows I just happen to be at a gig because sometimes I, I do sometimes go to gigs because yeah. I do like music um <laughs> oh, but we hate be, music so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it comes and goes no, so like, like I I I don't know if anyone else has this, but I like feel really dead inside when it comes to gigs nowadays. Oh, like, totally. I, yeah, I yeah. can't go to gigs most of the time anymore. So I very I feel dead rarely inside, go to them. like outside of gigs. Too. <laughs> exactly. It's just right an ongoing. But I, yeah, I can't. I can't approach a gig like I used to before. There's always like this other layer of emotions and like context and like weird judgment that I'm trying yeah. not to put on people. Yeah. And it's just it's icky. It feels. Mm stressful yeah it's become well it becomes work right like yeah. i take notes like when i'm watching my favorite artists do the thing instead of being able to just relax and like go mm. and enjoy the performance just like feel some joy it's all cancelled out by the fact that i'm just like oh that's really good like the sound sounds really good i wonder who the mixer like you know it's just yeah. all those thoughts yeah. and just ugh. i can only wa- yeah i can only watch john mayer now because it's, it's like <laughs> technically perfect <or> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else is good enough i, I tell yeah, you weird. john mayer's biggest um like tick in the good yes box whatever i'm trying to say the big yes box one good thing the big good thing about john mayer is that i feel like he's super self-aware and he knows where his music sits and that it's not um like niche or it's not like super quote-unquote cool um but if you look at like his social media and his interviews and the content he makes he's very like he doesn't take it too seriously and like he jokes around and like I find that really charming and it makes me almost like want to like his music. Yeah. I think that does come from like for him like confidence in like mm. his talent. Like he's like, I don't know, some of this is probably like a little what outdated, corny, whatever, in the sense mm. that his music like Continuum would have been one of like a, a huge record in its day if he released Continuum now I think yeah. it would be received a little less I mean I feel like being able to just like shred on guitar just it's just it must be so comfortable knowing that you're you're just like so good at an instrument that yeah if, if this singing thing doesn't work out I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna go and shred in the corner totally and just make some money and play yeah. tour with the Grateful Dead like <laughs> you can do whatever crazy, you want yeah. okay sorry to stop it there they go on like this for a bit I'm just gonna skip forward past the John Mayer stuff yeah, he's pretty amazing. I saw him mm. Entertainment Center like 2011. Mm. Sorry, yeah, a bit further. Uh, yeah, I brought a friend. I used to work on a music promoter and they put on a John Mayer tour. Oh my God, yep. Just. I mean, Continuo is very good. I do like that album. Yeah, seriously, they do it for like 25 minutes. It's so... It's... I saw him at the Enmore Theatre and it was the best show I've ever seen Sick. in my life. <sighs> okay, sorry. Um... Okay. Right, how about it? Is gold a bottle of milk? What? An encore. He came out with like a, a liter oh, carton. Oh, no, that can't be good. Yeah, and he was like, for him. Gold it. Uh, okay. Uh, well, let's just check back on them when they're finished talking about John Mayer. Uh, so let's just take a break and we'll hear what happened when Polish Club came face to face with an iguana. Uh, oh, that's now, this guy, he's not, um, not super used to meeting people. Emma, the lizard keeper, brought out this little hyper green munchkin who knew how to pose for the camera. He was probably about 40 centimetres long, most of it being his tail. What's his name? Uh, this is King. 
The little king is a Fijian crested iguana. And suddenly, no one was too cool for school. We had questions, Emma had answers. How old is he? Uh, he's only a couple of years old, this guy. So are they quite aggressive or...? No. These guys are little lovers. Um, they're shy. They're a bit shy, right, yeah. So they can beautiful. be very shy. He is beautiful, isn't he? Um, yeah, these guys are critically endangered species, so there's not many of these guys left in the wild, unfortunately. Oh, the tails are so long. Yeah. There's something cool about the tails, isn't there? Like, yeah, he's pretty beautiful. They, they can, like, detach their tails? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we try to avoid that. But... <laughs> Is that a hole going all the way through at the back of its head? Yeah, so there's Yuri's ears. It goes all the way through. Like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> this isn't video. It's pretty cool, huh? Um, and where are they native to? So these guys are Fijian, so they live on uh, a handful of very small islands just off the coast. Uh, and the major threat for these guys uh, is most, mostly kind of habitat loss uh, yeah. and feral species. Uh, like cats and rats and that kind of business, um, and also uh, the illegal wildlife trade, unfortunately, because right. uh, they're so beautiful, they get yeah. they get pinched pretty often, That's crazy. which is yeah not what we want. Hey, little man. Yeah, so these guys are super arboreal, so as you can tell, these big long yeah. legs. Um, he uses that for balance. But they do get quite big, right? This is uh, a fully grown Fijian crested iguana. Mm -hmm. Things like green iguanas, rhino iguanas. <laughs> You're gonna uh -oh. get up my uh -oh. head. Then, just the coolest thing as he slowly starts to climb on top of Emma's head as she talks. And he sits there scoping uh, so the terrain. These guys are arboreal. Um, <laughs> they like to climb and yeah. they feel nice and safe the higher they are. Don't right. you jump on people. <laughs> You're the best. I love you. <laughs> he leaps off Emma's head across the room onto mine. I know, you're showing off now. Yeah, but I'm it's impressed. <laughs> He's like, you're taller. I'm going to jump on you and climb to the top. Um, yeah, so as I was saying, they're very arboreal. Uh, they like to climb and they feel safer the higher they are in the tree because they can look down on you. Right. Yeah. Hey, mate. Do they, they don't change colour or anything? Right? These guys can absolutely change colour. Oh, so these guys can change colour uh, to blend into their environment. Not so much like an, a, a chameleon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But they more so change colour to express their mood. Uh, um, the darker they are, mood. the more angry they are, generally. Um, or the sexier they're trying to be. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just like humans. Yeah, yeah. He puts on, he puts on his sexy colours for the ladies. It's quite cute. What's his sexy colors? Um, he goes really vibrant, really vibrant blues and greens, and uh, he gets really dark banding on him. It's, it's very cool. Okay. Uh, um, do you guys want to hold him? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. John, you got very delicate your, hands. Your oh. So he he does have little scratchy claws, but they're not going to do any damage. That's all right. We're, well, I don't know. Do <laughs> what would you say is the most generic lizard? Oh, <laughs> skinks for sure. Oh, okay, right. Or skinks. Next up. Hope they're not in one of these like, overhearing oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they are. Oh, that's right. That, that, that'd be the album of B-sides. Yeah, skinks. <laughs> the skinks. skinks. Awesome. Well, thank you so thank much. You so much. Really we appreciate it. Guys. Okay, let's uh, clock you back in. Because I do, when I, I went and saw 
the symphonic orchestra play like some Prokofiev and and the, the Beethoven's number five like a few weeks ago. I love Lou Bega. <laughs> <laughs> Symphony number five. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. No, no, it's cool. I don't know. I feel like if he's going on stage. Are we stage, still talking about John Mayer? <laughs> if he's going, I thought you were going to like move on. You're like, oh, I don't know. No, anyway. I, was just gonna say, I feel like if he's going on stage every day to 15,000 people, yeah. who cares, right? Yeah. Like I've learned to stop trying to judge the music for like what it is for me and just kind of appreciate that like you've made a thing out of this and it's it's going really well for you and people love it so like that's amazing regardless of what the music is i don't really care it doesn't i don't matter in this okay all right yeah there's enough about john mayer anyways (laughs) take me away from john mayer john please fucking hell uh, I'm usually the one that needs to be stopped at like who <laughs> 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 Oh no. Uh, Tom uh, Tom's like a professional. He's over there. And Casino Tom, our producer. Last week when you before you we went to do this last when was it two weeks ago? And then you and then you broke your leg. Um, you did not make oh. oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. My leg's like, fine. Like, Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it was Tom's fault. <laughs> he gave he gave us um, your um, press release for your new album. So he was like, "You should read through this." And um, you know, before he, I was like, "All right." What's your point? My point. Uh, and then, like, and then I, I, I should have. I, we should have. I should, have you got up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This bit, the, the bit, like the first paragraph describes your first album. I don't know that I've even read my press release. Yeah, it well, you're your in first for a ride. <laughs> but the first album is just like like the the wildest like combination of words in a sentence I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, just describe your first you, album. Can you read it <laughs> in your sexiest uh, broadcasting? Yeah, I'll perform just that. F- find that sentence where it's like this album, the uh, Montaigne's first album, <laughs> yeah. which covered the subjects of, and then it's like fifteen. Um, <laughs> Thematic words, yeah. yeah. An incredibly personal, deeply brilliant record that deals with an ex-boyfriend with literal messiah complex, gaslighting, body image, critical loneliness, long-distance love, intense self-loathing, being a people pleaser, gaming, sex robots, gender pay imbalance, burnout, environmental issues, and a serious health battle. Yeah, so my question is, what have you got left to cover? In the- <laughs> Great. I think that's like <laughs> yeah, you've already done it all. You've yeah, done the like, entire range. Yeah, so don't listen to her new album because just the first one like covers. No, it all. so that's actually about this, this album. This is about the second, this is about the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it was your first no, album. No, no, it's, no, it's, it's phrased really. It is phrased really awkwardly. It does say just to make you feel better. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. Yeah. Like welcome back to press release. Burn. So basically, my real question is like, check the grammar on that first. It has followed her 2016 top five debut album Gloria starts with an incredibly it's followed that with yeah, a yeah, list of okay. things so it does seem anyway fucking how'd you get all that in your second album you <laughs> 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 just edit that so I don't sound like an idiot right we'll fix it in post <laughs> can we watch the sex robot bit can we talk about oh <laughs> <laughs> Did you have an encounter with this? No, so so the first single I put out called "For Your Love." As uh, about sex robots? Well, kind of. Oh, okay, in, okay, in the yeah. sense that the the speaker of the song, me, is it? Well, I guess me in a sort of fictionalized way is speaking as if they are just like 
a robot that is just for pleasure kind of thing. Like uh, that right. will just do whatever the, the user okay. asks. So that's a metaphor, not like a literal. No, uh. yeah. No, okay. that comes from because my ex-boyfriend used to like be like, oh, you've got to be like a robot or a honey pot or something like that because you just like are too huh? perfect for me and you'll do whatever I say. Oh, okay. And so like his, he was very much like this woman has been made for me, but he kind of oh. would like groom me into these behaviours that would make me do whatever he wanted. Um, of me, which is where that song sort of comes from. Okay. He was bad. <laughs> okay. He was no. He was no good. Yeah. And uh, what video games? Um, <laughs> what so- a segue, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ! He's like, well, shit. It wasn't actually a sex <laughs> robot. Was it? uh, it's just a <laughs> boring, deeply, uh, so deeply personal, really horrific boring. story. <laughs> what about the video games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to talk about actual emotions and shit. <laughs> so, so, so. This is <laughs> It's all good. I'm, I'm cool. Um, there's a song on the record called The Dying Song, which I started writing because I was um, pondering the idea of, like, chosen one narratives in video games and, like, a one-player p- protagonist kind of situation like the, where the one... Hero's journey. Huh? The hero's journey kind of thing? Yeah, like, like one person or yeah. being is like tasked with saving the entire village or world or universe. And it's like, one person? Really? Like, especially humans, we can't fucking do that shit. Like, one per- like in the real world, one person saving the whole world is completely unrealistic. Yeah. But in video games, obviously, you just get to try and try again because they want you to finish the game, right? Um... So the song was kind of like, what if this was a song about the one person being tasked with the thing, but instead of getting like another life, they just die the first time they get killed because that's how it usually works. And this song is their song being like, well, I fucked it, but... You know, it's up to you guys now, and ciao, and thanks for having me. (laughs) um, Anyway, it worked. It was good. (laughs) At the end. It was good. That's the end of that story. Songs are kind of like stories with uh, music. <laughs> That'll be our promo. We, we, we take the music out of a song. It's just a story, a straight up story. So wise. I can't so do wise. these podcasts anymore. I can't. I'm sorry. That's. <laughs> All right. So what are you what are you doing next? Then I'm kind of worried, like I'm, at the end of like kind of like at the end of our thing before we kind of finished making our second album. I was kind of like I'm like fuck. I'm kind of over this boring now and, and like started thinking about like what happens next like what do we do now like okay ahead of time have you started thinking what you're gonna do next oh or? yeah yeah i think that's like the 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 perpetual curse that we all yeah. artists suffer is that we just never like we're creative people right and creative as in from creation as from making stuff and like that's that's like a very renewable process like that's not something that ever ends and i think so we are always looking to the next thing we want to do and maybe we're already doing the next thing we want to do like i definitely i haven't stopped fucking writing songs i've written like a bajillion songs since i finished this record you know having said that are you sick of the album you're about to release um, or like, are you listening to I, it? So or? yeah. So when I get my masters back from an album, I listen to them at 
about 200 times mm-hmm. yeah. because I really like them. Like yeah. I listen to them because I'm like, this is great. And then I get to the exhaustion point and I'm kind of there now. But I, I still love them and mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud of them, but I definitely can't I think it's just like you physi- like you, like phys- physically can't listen to anything that much to, uh, no, to a certain no, point. No, definitely not. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, usually like I don't listen to it any- ever again when it comes out because I've literally listened yeah. to it more than anything I've ever listened to yeah. in my life. Yeah, for sure. So it's like... It's like, how many carrots can you eat in one go? You know, heaps. <laughs> so many. Oh, that's impressive. You can only do one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's have some carrots I could eat. I brought, actually brought a bulk. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a metaphor, John. Right? But no, it was real. I don't, oh, nev- I don't even know what a metaphor is. <laughs> this, is a, this is a new segment we're doing. I'm never speaking metaphor. <laughs> yeah. How many carrots? That's what the podcast actually is. Yeah. Montaigne seemed to put a few things in perspective in a really straightforward way. That some parts of your career might suck, but maybe it's worth it. At the very least, they're definitely laughing more. The wildest thing is how they can just keep so still. It looks like a rock. It doesn't look real. Pretty funny. Whoa! Very good. Maybe that seems way too simple. But right now, two guys who just a couple weeks ago felt that they'd hit rock bottom are having a stupid fun day looking at reptiles. One that wouldn't have happened if they hadn't made iguana in the first place. Just going around to every single lizard. You're saying that iguanas are kind of like the chicken of the reptile? Whoa! Oh, shit. <laughs> he fought, did you catch him or did he catch no, himself? He caught himself. Yeah, he caught himself. Oh, really? He, but he jumped. Polish Club's Sophomore Slump is produced by Tom Hogan. Check out Montaigne's new album, Complex, available on all streaming services. Visit montainemusic.com.au to buy the album. And we played a lead single, Ready, at the start of this episode. Huge thanks to everyone at Taronga Zoo. Go visit. We hadn't been there in ages and it was great. And check out their podcast, Taronga Talks. For more information, visit polishclub.co. And the question remains, what happens next? We can get like an exotic um, animal burger. Oh. I had camel last week. Yeah, camel I did too. Yeah, it's real good. Did you go to the Ramadan? Oh, yeah. yeah, it was delicious. It was actually so better good. than a normal cheeseburger. Yeah. But to be honest, it just tasted like a cheeseburger. Why oh, yeah. is there not more camel here? Aren't they native? There, there is camels here. They're a pest. Oh, I mean, no, like they're, they're on a menu. Native. Yeah. Not native. Yeah, they are. Aren't they? No. I mean, they're not native. They got introduced. So Not native, but, but they live native. here. No, when I say native, I don't mean native. I, didn't, I totally did not mean native. <laughs> I mean, native has I mean the opposite of what's native. <laughs> um, so it'd be cool if at the zoo you could eat like that. <laughs> you can see the animals and eat yeah. the animals. Yeah, I wonder what panda tastes like. I like, like giraffe. I like that giraffe. It'd be funny if in front of the like 